battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hi everybody, how you doing? Welcome back to another episode of the show. Always appreciate you tuning in. Uh, Yesterday was a a pretty cool experience for me. Uh, Shout out to Josh Kivo from Crybaby's Tattoo and Piercing in St. John, Indiana. Uh, I was contacted by uh, Josh's girlfriend, Jackie Sue, who's a a tattooer at Crybaby's, and she said that uh, Josh liked my my stuff, my work, and uh, that he wanted to maybe come and get pierced by me, and she was thinking about doing that for him for a a birthday present, so I kind of told her, well, you know, if if you're coming all the way out from Indiana, uh, why don't we have him do a a shadow day, but, you know, kind of keep it a surprise. Don't let him know until he shows up at the shop, so that's exactly how it played out. They met me at the shop about a half an hour before we opened yesterday, and, uh, you know, Jackie kept it, uh, kept it a surprise, so told Josh that he was going to be shadowing me for the day and put a big smile on his face, so he watched me do a bunch of piercings, uh, watched me get my average, like, Saturday stressed out trying to, to manage a lobby full of clients who were all frustrated and, and wanting to leave because they don't want to wait. But uh, the day went pretty well. You know, we talked a a lot about different piercing stuff, um, a lot of different freehand ideas and, you know, different logistics for managing jewelry and all that. Then at the end of the day, I got to to do a cool piercing, uh, a doth piercing on Josh, and I think it came out really killer. So uh, big thanks to Josh and Jackie for driving all the way out from Indiana. You know, I I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I hope I made the, the trip worth it for you. So my guest this week is Jim Sens. Uh, Jim Sens is a longtime piercer. He's been piercing for about 20 years. Uh, He's currently in Eugene, Oregon at High Priestess. And uh, High Priestess is a a really cool company. You know, they have a ton of different studios uh, throughout Oregon and Arizona and California. And uh, Jim talks a little bit about how they handle the logistics, you know, management and counter staff and and all that. Um, And Jim talks about a a crazy one-day record. He said that he did over 200 piercings himself in a a 10-hour shift. And I can't even wrap my head around that. You know, I, I know some piercers and some pretty high volume studios, you know, Piercing Emporium and 23rd Street and a couple others. And I I can't even wrap my head around doing more than 100 in a day, let alone 200. I, I, you know, my personal record isn't even 50. So I I don't know how they did that, but, you know, more props to them. We talked, you know, a little bit about how the industry has changed over the last few years and uh, clientele and how they've changed and Uh, giving people the best experience possible. So it's a pretty nice talk with Jim. Uh, I am definitely planning on going out to the Portland, Oregon area sometime for a class. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be in the summer or in the fall, but I I know it's definitely uh, um, on the the long-term horizon for me. So I'm really looking forward to getting out there and and seeing these shops and and hanging out with all these awesome people and and getting to see Oregon. Uh, Maybe it'll remind me a little bit of uh, New Hampshire. High Priestess is currently hiring. Uh, If you want to... Uh, maybe put in an application or, or see uh, what uh, what they have available. Go ahead and contact Jim through his Instagram page at uh, Jim Sends. We'll talk a little bit more about that during the interview. So let's get into this week's interview with Jim, and I'll be back after that. My name is Jim Sends. I work at High Priestess Piercing in Eugene, Oregon. I've been piercing for 19 years. Uh, my main place that you can get a hold of me is on my Instagram, which is Literally just my first and last name, so Jim Sends. 
if you start following me, be prepared for lots of fly fishing and fly tying photos <laughs> as well as the piercing stuff. <laughs> so uh, a couple of things I wanted to just kind of ask you off the bat, like you've been piercing quite a while. Like we've been piercing for a, a similar period of time, but you probably started professionally more than uh, longer than I did, but I've been piercing for around, you know, that 18 to 20 year period roughly. And, um, you always seem like you have, you know, a pretty, a pretty good attitude and you're, you're pretty upbeat. So do you feel like it's because you've kind of like paced yourself professionally and, and, you know, you, you find time for like fly fishing or like nature stuff, or do you feel like it's just the magic of Oregon keeps you sane or like, what is it that kind of keeps you like happy and, and still in the game after this long? It's probably a few things, uh, fly fishing and, or any, any piercer should have a hobby outside of piercing. Mm -hmm. We all love this to the point that it ends up killing us. So having something outside of the realm of piercing and tattooing helps keep your sanity for sure. That's definitely one thing I would attribute it to. I'm sure if you ask my close friends, uh, if I'm a happier person when I work way more than I go fishing and they would probably say no, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, you need to have something that recharges your batteries, whether it's fishing, working out, whatever. Everybody needs that. No matter what profession you're in, you need to have something besides that. Yeah. And I, I've always said since the very first moment I got into piercing, I always wanted to enjoy what I did because if I don't, I'm going to be giving people bad experiences and that's something that they're going to live with forever and i have to live forever with yeah. forever so i try to go into work each day without the baggage of my outside world if there is any at that time weighing me down when i'm in the room with a client do you, do you not feel like that's a, a lesson you had to learn from like negative experiences or do you feel like you kind of you figured that out early on and you just rolled that into your professionalism because for me, I didn't, I didn't figure that out until, I don't know, more than 10 years in, you know, for a long time I was that like grumpy goth kid who was like, Oh yeah, what do you want? You know, are you going to meet my standards of, of cool, you know, before, before I'm going to be happy with you. But you know, over the last five to 10 years of my career, you know, I've really learned that it's like, I, you know, I could be stuck working in a 7-Eleven right now or like, you know, still selling T-shirts at a Hot Topic. Like, I love my job and I, I love the opportunities that it's given me to like, you know, travel the world and, and do whatever I've done. And like, there's no reason for me to be grumpy at work. You know, sometimes you can get stressed out at work, but there's no reason for me to be grumpy. And there's especially no reason for me to grump, be grumpy with a client. For sure. I I feel like it's a ongoing learning experience. Like, you'll go through phases where no matter how much you love your job, it weighs on you and you have to check yourself. Like anytime I bring on a new piercer or new counter person, I always remind them that the people that walk through the door were us at one point, And there's no reason that we should ever expect them to know all the things that we know. Mm-hmm. So that should always help keep that like, repetition of the same questions over it should keep that stuff in check like no matter how many times someone calls a piercing a different name than what i prefer it to be called it doesn't matter because they're 
the client. They don't need to know the things that I know in my head from mm -hmm. 20 years of piercing and watching names spring up out of nowhere that I have no clue what they are. <laughs> like all the like the, it, like angel bites and stuff like that. Yeah, angel bites like I, like the the joke of like the old schoolers or even the newer schoolers in the industry is like what's the next terminology that we're not going to understand for our job that we do. Yeah. But <laughs> it doesn't matter what they call it as long as they can point at it. And I know that it's a safe piercing to do. I will always call it what I prefer it to be called, mm -hmm. but I don't care what terminology they use. Oh yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. Like when someone comes in and they say, you know, as an example, like, oh, I'm looking to get angel bites. I'll just be like, oh, yeah, so like, a, you know, paired lip piercing? Yeah, sure, no problem. I'd love to do that for yeah, you. But I'm not exactly. going to be like, it's actually called, you know, like, I, I used yeah. to do that to people all the time, you know? Um, like, not that, I don't know, when's, when's the last time you, you pierced just a regular old labret? Actually, they've kind of took a little bit of a upcline as of the last few months. Yeah. Labrets and tongue piercings have hit a good stride since like the beginning of last year i don't know where it's coming from but huh. both of them have i wouldn't say i'm doing as many librettes as i am tongue piercings but they're definitely especially males males with librettes is becoming more of a thing yeah see like and they're, eyebrow they're not... piercings are coming back too which is kind of cool i miss the eyebrows yeah i mean i guess it's that whole like what was old is new again sort of thing and and i guess now people don't have labrets or tongues or eyebrows as frequently. So people think that they're cool because they're rare piercings now. So, Hey, I'd, yeah. I'd be cool. I built, I built like a huge portion of my career on tongues and labrets and eyebrows. So I'm, I'm ready for it. But I remember people used to come in for labre piercings all the time. And I'd be like, actually, yep. it's not a French word. It's pronounced labret. But yeah. you know, and I would, I would totally yeah. do that to people, you know, but now, and this is what I train my staff on too. It's like, you know, let them call it whatever they want to call it. You call it whatever you want to call it, but don't be like snide to them. You know, don't look down your nose and just just realize that like you know they could have gone anywhere else and and asked for for that piercing, but you know they they asked you, so you know do it with a smile on your face as long as it's safe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not about us; it's about them. Right. And if they're when a client gets to the point that they're like a regular of mine, or if they're like we start becoming friends or even it's someone that seems like they're more interested in this world than just the, a person that wants a couple piercings. Mm -hmm. Then I gently start like educating them on things. But yeah. until that point, I keep my, my personal beliefs to me and my staff and train them the way that things used to be and things. Yeah. I just make sure that the people that really care about that information know that what I really care a client knows is how to take care of that. Mm -hmm. And they know that I care when they came into the studio. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a great perspective. You know, people come in and they still ask for gauges and this and that. And I'm like, Oh sure. You're like, my gauges are right over here. You can buy all the gauges you want. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, I, I feel like, and even I get caught up in the like, Oh, it's supposed to be called this or the, like you're, you're, at an inch and a half, you really should know that they're not called gauges. The right. correct term is a plug or an eyelid or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, like, there's a, a gentle way to steer, like, that type of a person in a, a more educated route. Totally. Yeah, it doesn't have to be shame. You can just be educational. Yeah. 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 Uh, I've kind of given up. with respect. Yeah, it, definitely respect. You know, I've given up on... Uh, the whole like Daith Doth thing. Like I just say Daith because that's what clients say when they walk through the door, and I don't want to 
labray them to death, you know? So I'm just like, <laughs> you want to get a date? Absolutely. My date jewelry is right here. I, I still say Doth just because it's a part of my brain that I, it's like calling a captive bead ring a hoop. I have a hard time doing that right. as well. Yeah. So my, my brain just for like the respect of where I've come from and where I am now, I try to keep that respect in my own head as the right thing to say, but uh, I don't, care at all what they call it i still right. smile and nod and go about my day yeah so uh a, a couple things i wanted to talk to you specifically about now you work at at high priestess so the the people listening who don't really understand that's kind of like a, a powerhouse of piercing in the in the pacific northwest which is kind of a hard phrase to say powerhouse of piercing in the pacific northwest but how many different <laughs> how many different studios are there? And then among those studios, how many different like work staff members? I don't know if you have independent contractors or if they're all employees, but how many staff members do you have and how many studios? We have five studios in Oregon, all under the High Priestess banner. And then a number of years ago, George, the owner, bought HTC from Steve, Steve Hayworth. So... They are under our umbrella as well. And then we also own Barbella and Ten Tigers. Uh, Barbella is in Costa Mesa and Ten Tigers is in San Francisco. That's crazy. So, yeah. I, I just can't imagine the uh, the logistics that go into that. So, so you're the manager. Are you the manager of one studio or are you the manager of a group of studios? Or like what, what kind of tasks do you do for High Priestess like outside of just uh, your piercing shifts? I manage just our campus location. Um, all of the managers in Oregon are very close. So we all talk and bounce ideas off each other and kind of micromanage each other on top of just our own studios. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't even say micromanage. We just kind of have fun together. But yeah, it's it's um, it can be intense. Like I when imagine. we have our pet fundraiser every year i think the most i did in a 10-hour shift was 204 piercings personally yourself just yeah just wow. me personally in a 10-hour shift and i wouldn't have done any of that without the amazing counter staff i have yeah but uh and i never want to repeat that by myself ever. <laughs> i think that's probably got to be the highest record i've ever heard you know i've talked to some of the people at like 23rd street <laughs> St. Sabrina's, you know, a couple other high volume shops and, and, you know, they'll tell me crazy numbers, but I don't think I've ever heard anybody say 200 no, plus in a day. No one should ever have or ever do that many piercings, but in the same breath, it all went to an amazing cause yeah. and we did a great job. Yeah. I mean, if so, you're going to, if you're going to do that much in a day, it's, it's probably at least a good feeling knowing that like, you know, you, you know, you helped out with a cause, but it's still, it's gotta be like, how, how just, how dead were you at the end of that day? Oh God, I was, I hurt for like days afterwards. My mm -hmm. brain didn't work. Thankfully me and my uh, best friend, Zach, we flew home from my daughter's uh, graduation, like right after that. So it was just like recover from it. Right. <laughs> so we went back, to, we went out to Hawaii and soaked up some sun and didn't think about work for seven days. And yeah. Yeah. No, no, I don't blame <laughs> rested you. Rested the hands and the brain. So if that's like a peak day, what would you, what would you say is like an average day for your studio? Uh, I'd say slow days are about 20 and then like average days are probably 40 to 60. And then how many, how many piercers and counter staff do you have on, on a day like that? 
We have one piercer and uh, one counter staff generally. Wow. So that's you really must have a, a really good system worked out if you can do that. Because I mean, I think I think my record in a day is forty. Like I and and that's that's really about the most that I can comfor- ha- com- comfortably handle. But uh, that's because I don't really use counter staff for like the jewelry and stuff like that. Like I like to do that interaction myself because my studio is you know kind of on the medium to slower side. So it, it's. It's not that headache of like I know that every day consistently we're gonna have that kind of traffic. But um, what's what's your flow like to be able to handle that? Is it the counter staff is is handling jewelry or do you have like prepackaged things just kind of ready to go or using a statum? Like how do you manage those like logistics? Uh, we pre-sterilize everything so we have everything ready to rock and roll. Uh, and honestly, we wouldn't be able to do what we do without how amazing the counter staff is. Mm-hmm. Like they make me look good on a daily basis <laughs> they make everything so much smoother and every client that comes to the door gets aftercare from me and also aftercare from the counter person before they walk out the door so it does everybody kind of put their own tweaks on aftercare or is it yeah, kind of like a script definitely. like this is what the studio says you need to use and and don't vary from it or or is there that freedom to say well we normally say this but i think for your situation i think this might might be beneficial to you that part generally comes from the piercer and then when the client goes out to get rung up and get aftercare products from the counter person they uh ask if they have any questions and if they do they take the time to make sure to answer them there's times where they'll point out in the aftercare sheet where things are so they can pay special attention to them when they get home because after you pierce someone they're pretty out of it for the most part Mm -hmm. like even if they're fairly comfortable with the piercing they're just excited that they got pierced banging aftercare down their throat for like a 10 minute speech that you're they're gonna pay attention to 30 seconds of it while they're trying to enjoy the experience they just had with their friends Mm -hmm. and move on with their day so or get a picture for instagram or something yeah we try to keep it very very simple and very precise on what they the absolute points that they need Mm -hmm. and then if they need anything outside of that then they come in for their three week to four week checkups and we can go over things we're always there we only close three days out of the year so no matter what there's always someone there if they have questions or problems that all of our clients are awesome with reaching out on social media if they need anything or just stopping into the studio we have some amazing clients yeah, but I, you know, I, I think that comes from the the brand that you've all built up. You know, I, I think when when really good studios talk about how amazing their clients are, I think that, you know you got to stop and realize that it's because you've created this environment where they can they can come in, they can feel educated without feeling like you know silly for not already knowing it. You know, they get treated a certain way, they get this experience with jewelry and a, and a quality piercing and quality sterilization, and you know, I think that's fantastic. You know, so. It's it's definitely it's it's the hard work of the studio that keeps those awesome customers coming back because if you weren't putting that vibe out there and, and having that right kind of feel for a shop, you know, maybe they'd go somewhere else or maybe they would just not develop into those clients that are like super awesome to work with, you know. So uh, yeah. I always love seeing that, you know, when when hardworking piercers and like hardworking studios have clients that appreciate them, you know, because uh, I, I see it sometimes when I when I travel people that work really hard. And they just haven't been able to like 
break that right market that they want to. You know, they're not really getting the right clients to the door for, for them. You know, it's not a really good fit. And I just really like seeing it when like the hard work pays off and like, you know, you can, you can feel really happy knowing that you've put out the right kind of feel of a studio for, for those clients to, to come in and, and fully appreciate it. Yeah, exactly. I, I really, one of the things I really, really enjoy about Eugene and working for High Priestess is how ingrained in the community High Priestess is in Eugene in general. It's mm -hmm. like, this is where it all started. So it's like, it's part of what makes Eugene, Eugene is like, there's, you know, like every city you ever go to, there's like certain places you have to go to see. High Priestess has made themselves one of those places in Eugene. And that's something that I think is really special and really amazing. That's awesome. I do. Do you feel like that was kind of started with like a seed from, from George, or do you feel like it's like a, like a potpourri, like all the different piercers that have come through and all the different piercers in the different studios building that, that brand together? Like, where do you feel like this, the special sauce comes in or do you feel like it's just magic, you know, right place, right people, right time? I think that George had a huge role in like curating what he envisioned in his head. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I feel as though he might've got a little lost on it just because it's an overwhelming idea. But in the end he found it and mm -hmm. he latched onto it and he just didn't accept anything less than the best for his clients and for his namesake in general. Like he, he worked really hard that I know that way back at, like in our days, George was like that guy that you kind of worried about when he was walking around APP. <laughs> you just never know what he was going to say or do. And like when I started working for him, I still had that like idea in my head, but it's only because he really cares about the people that work with him, not for him, like with him, mm -hmm. the, thing, the people like that's the way he, his brain has always been. Like, he cares about the people that are with him, and he doesn't put up with anything less than 100%. And that's something to really commend and respect. It came, it, when I didn't know him as well, it came across as like harsh. But once I've gotten to know him, he's just, he, he, he goes to bat for every single person that gets to work with him. No matter what's going on, he always, he'll drop everything just to make sure that you're okay. And that like fostered the a whole studio of people that do that. That's that's so, pretty incredible and vibe. At this point it's a company that does that, which is unheard of for something this large to like with outside of the piercing world, a company this large, like having that much connection is amazing. Well, I think it, it, it really has to come from, from strong leadership, you know? So there's there are other chains that I've seen. Like, there's a chain on the East Coast. I won't say their name or anything, but they kind of do the opposite of that. You know, they want to go into uh, a competitor city, and they want to just basically kind of offer people in different studios, you know, uh, maybe a, a, a pay incentive or something like that to kind of snatch them away. But then they don't really give them the tools to succeed. You know, they, they give them tools to keep a franchise functional, but it doesn't really have that care and that attention to detail. It's not a family. It's just, you know, it's just a business. And sometimes the clientele can suffer for that too, because again, it would be really easy for someone like George to think, 
uh, let's just maximize the profit margin, you know, and we'll skimp on jewelry or sterilization or, or quality of talent working there, you know, and, and just make as much money as possible. Uh, cause I've seen that in a, in a lot of other yeah. chains, you know, and, and I, I think a lot of people listening to this, if you're a good piercer, you probably know the not so good piercers in your area that work for a studio like that. And it really frustrates you. So it's, it's just cool seeing someone, uh, you know, put out a better product at the expense of maybe not making, uh, as many dollars as they could, but it's because they have integrity and it's because they really care about the quality that they're putting out there. Yeah. Like we get Christmas bonuses every year Mm -hmm. and, um, without going into like pays or anything like that, the, the George and he has people that have worked for him for a really long time that he has gifted, uh, 10% of his company to. So they're also owners. There's four of them in total. Mm -hmm. Um, they pay every single one of their employees a Christmas bonus before any of them take a Christmas bonus. That's great. And that's like the mentality of the whole thing. Like they take care of all of the studios and everything that they need before they take a cut of whatever they get. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean that, that completely makes sense and it's really commendable, you know, because I I think, you know, you don't usually see that in, in the body art industry, tattoo studios, piercing studios. Usually it's like, you know, the owner will be off on a beach somewhere while their staff is kind of just like, you know, skimping to, to bring in like ramen for lunch or something like that. You know, like I see that a lot. So it's, it is really commendable for the higher ups in a, in a, in a company to say, you know, we need to take care of our, our people because that, that really is our business. You know, it's, it's not just the clientele. It's the people who are servicing the clientele and all of that goes together to make a successful business. That's, it just made me remember, uh, like four or five, six years ago, uh, we all kind of ganged up on George and kind of told him that he deserves to just stop for a while and just be a stay at home dad (laughs) (laughs) and just like, just go like you. Yeah. He worked hard enough. Let us like do this for him now type of thing, because he was just getting to the point that he, he, he was going to kill himself if he didn't step away and kind of breathe a little bit. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing that my dad used to always tell me is like, what's the point of working so hard if you don't enjoy the life yeah. you're giving yourself, you know? Yeah. And that's the point that we had to get to with George. It was like, you're, you, you deserve this. You mm-hmm. worked really hard. Let us take care of all of this. now. Yeah. But I mean, that's great though, that you can have that two way street of being able to approach an owner and say something like that. Like, you know, you're doing all this stuff because you care about us. We want to do this because we care about you and we just want us to all be happy. So, I mean, that's, that's great that you can have that kind of like conversation with, with the boss basically. Yeah. And if the, if everything burns to the ground, he's the first person to get back in there and start building it back up if it needs to be. Yeah. Or, you know, that's good. Leadership. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what it is. Be a leader instead of a boss. Yeah. That is definitely something I ran across when I first started being a manager that I really embrace as well. Like, always be a leader. Be the first person to jump in. Don't be that boss that sits on a high throne and tells everybody what to do. Mm-hmm. Like, get in there and do the dirty work and show them how to do it. Like, yeah. And that's that's fostered some amazing relationships with my coworkers and 
yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. I mean, it shows because I mean, in in the industry, it's always well well regarded as like you know someone's working at High Priestess or you know someone's part of that team, and you don't really see like a, a crazy turnover. You know, like there are some studios where they they get somebody on board, and you're like, okay, well, they'll probably be somewhere else in six months, but you know, they'll do a good job while they're there, but I wouldn't expect them to stick around. But it just seems like a different vibe. With uh, I don't know if it's maybe just the area too everybody always talks like Oregon is this like magical land where it's like happiness just comes out of the faucet but uh I don't know you're doing something right I guess I've lived here for 11 years and I was that drifter piercer before that and I've never thought that I would find a place as amazing as Oregon or Eugene in general like I've been here 11 years and I still haven't gotten bored <laughs> so one thing I wanted to talk about uh, with Oregon specifically is the regulations there, because for, for, for people that don't know, Oregon has some of the, I don't know if you would call it best or if you would call it strictest, but it has some, some kind of unique uh, body piercing regulations. So what are, what are some of the challenges or, or do you see them as challenges or do you see them as benefits? Um, I see them as benefits. I mean, they just help create a, a safe place for people to get pierced. Mm -hmm. Like it put, it got rid of all externally threaded jewelry. You can't do any initial piercing without uh, internally threaded jewelry. It all has to be implant grade. You have to have mill certs proving it. Um, like we can't even do inserts from outside of the studio. Like from like if someone brought in a piece of jewelry from like a mall shop. Mm-hmm. Not a mall shop, like like an accessory know, store. Yeah, yeah. Because there's good mall shops too, so I shouldn't say that. But. Right. Shout out to Rob Hill. Yeah, exactly. That's the person that popped in my head. I'm sorry, Rob. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like we have to be able to prove where the origins of the jewelry that we put in people are. We have to prove what it's made of before we can even insert it into someone. Mm-hmm. All those things sound like, awesome. I, I know, well, I don't me. know, but I think Philadelphia or the, the area is pretty similar where it's like, you know, you have to use good quality jewelry. You need to do this and that. And I think all that is is amazing. Um, I think some of the more challenging stuff would be just from an outsider's perspective. Like if you were to hire on a new piercer from out of state, um, what are some of the things they have to, to show to be able to get an Oregon license? Because aren't there certain tiers and you have to have documentation of like X amount of certain piercings? Yeah, there's there's well kind of four licenses in oregon okay there's like the general piercing license which covers everything but cheeks and genitals Mm -hmm. and then genital piercings are in two categories level one and level two and level one is like forchettes pas frena or not forchettes sorry uh vertical hood piercings uh pas frenums like the easier piercings and then triangles apodravias ampelings the more technical ones are in level two. So you have to be able to, to prove that you can do those with paperwork or you have to go through a, a training process with someone else that is licensed to train someone. So mm-hmm. you have to, you can also get a license to train people. Okay. I, I have all four of those. I don't use that last one very often, but, yeah. <laughs> but it seems um, cool. It seems, it seems tough though for, for some piercers. I, I like to see that there is a good gateway of showing like, you know, you, you need to show us that you can do these things safely before you can, you know, do them on Oregon citizens. Uh, yeah. Was there, was there an issue with 
Billy Wood, I think, went out to Oregon and he had like a really hard time because it was like, you need to show us like, you know, you've done a hundred of this or a hundred of that or whatever. And he had to go back to Rockstar and like dig through all the old release forms and make copies or everything. So I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's just frustrating if you're the one that has to be photocopying all those release forms. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Yeah, that part. I remember when they switched all that over, I had to dig through all of our paperwork for like thousands of people to find specific ones to be able to prove that I can do them. Mm -hmm. And that was a pain in the butt. And it's definitely some work to get someone licensed in Oregon, but it's not impossible. You have to pass a, a written test, which is definitely the more tricky of the two because the other one's the practical. And if you can't do that, then that makes sense. But um, <laughs> the written is definitely worded a little funny. So people struggle with that one a bit. Yeah. And then we do have the option of uh, guest, like guest piercer licensing. And those ones are fairly straightforward and easy to get. As long as you can prove that you're licensed somewhere else and a couple other things, they pretty much just let you have that one. So you can ride on that one for like 20 days at a time. Okay. So it's nice, like if you ever wanted to come out and do a guest spot, or if there's any piercers out there that want to do guest spots, please come out. Please do guest spots. We love having people out here, and we can totally help you with the process and make that stuff happen. I think uh, I might want to take you up on that at some point. I've never been to Oregon, and I, you know, I, I'd imagine it's one of those places where I have to, I have to get there eventually. I, I know you're coming out for the Portland teaching classes, and I kind of debate on it, doing your class. I need to do eight out, eight hours or 10 hours of continued education a year for my licensing. That's another thing you have to do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but while you're out here, I'd love to show you around, at least take you up to the mountains. Even if we don't go fishing, just go bomb around in the wilderness and have some fun. It'd be amazing. Usually when I do teaching trips, it's like really quick, you know, I'll fly in, the day before or maybe even the day of and then you know i'll leave the next day or something like that but i think for oregon i i think i might want to come out there for like a good week or so and just make sure i can see everything well Well, not everything but there's a lot of really good piercers in oregon too like robot and adorn and uh iris is out here Mm -hmm. i mean these are just shops that are in portland there's seven studio as well uh, ritual arts he's really rad so here's the thing is I, i think some areas wouldn't really talk about I don't know if you define local studios as competition, but I think a lot of places wouldn't mention other places that are that close. Like, what's the what's the relationship like between different studios in the area? I would imagine if you're all kind of on the same page, you know, where you don't have to worry about the shop down the street undercutting you because they're selling external or, or they're not sterilizing this or that. I'd imagine if you're all on the same page, it makes it easier for people to be more like colleagues rather than competition. For sure. And I wish that I had more time to make it up to Portland. I tend to go into the wilderness more, but anytime I'm up in Portland and I stop into anybody's studio, they're always friendly. And if they're in town, they stop by and say hi. And it's nice. It's We have like a little Facebook group that everybody can talk back and forth in and stuff. And it's always been cordial every time we interact with each other. And APP is always a fun place to be able to just sit around and talk. And yeah, yeah it's awesome. good. I like it a lot. It's definitely a magical place. Yeah, it seems that way, you know. So, you know, you've been piercing for quite a while. So what what do you see as, like, the difference between the industry now versus the industry, like, you know, 15 or however many years ago? Because it used to be way more adversarial. It used to be like, oh, oh, you work here? Well, you know, we, we shouldn't talk or something like that. I You know, I don't think that I was really that way, but I could definitely see it as, like, someone working a half an hour away from me was way more of, like, 
competition than like, you know, oh, let's sit down and chat. Like, what are you doing? And this is what I'm doing. Like, so what have, what have you seen change over the industry? One thing that I think of often that I see that has changed a lot is when I first got into the industry and was piercing people and a minor and their parents would come in and their parents were like signing them up for paperwork for them to get pierced. Back then, the parent used to be like really upset and disgruntled about it. Mm -hmm. And nowadays, the parents come in and they're like super stoked and they're happy to be there. And like we get to talk instead of just the mom or dad sitting in the corner with their arms crossed the whole time. Like, yeah, that's one thing I really like about this. Why back then I used to think, why are you letting your child get something that you don't want them to get? (laughs) Now it's like you this is awesome. Like I develop a a friendship with the parents and the children because they keep coming back for more when the child earns it or whatever. Like it's that part I really think is cool. Like how much that mentality has changed. That that's actually a really good point. You know, I never really thought of that, but I, I used to notice that too. The parents would be like disappointed that they were letting their kids get pierced. You know, it was one of those, I don't want you to have it, but if you really want to have it, you might as well get it done somewhere safe. But now it's like, oh, that's really cool. Maybe I'll get mine done too. Yeah, yeah, and it's really like a fun thing. And I used to like have a harder time with the parents because they would be so disgruntled. And now we can like laugh and joke about it. And I always have a little line where I'm like, "So, has your child been good today? Is there anything you need me to like adjust while <laughs> I'm doing? You know, like and just throw that little thing out there." And the yeah. parents always laugh, and the kids always look mildly concerned about their own well-being at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those things where like yeah it's just like if you're good you get fun things instead of if you just throw a fit long enough your parents will let you reluctantly get pierced right <laughs> i don't know i i really appreciate that part i mean the industry i feel like and we touched on this at the beginning of this but i feel like the industry i've been piercing long enough that the things i started doing that went out of fashion are starting to become fashionable again which i think is kind of cool yeah what do you what do you see in is like some of your bigger trends lately um it's obviously still nostrils for sure Mm -hmm. nostrils are huge earlobes earlobes are an amazing thing right now too everybody wants to get their earlobes pierced at a good studio and that's another thing that's changed that i really like like i love the challenge of doing someone's earlobes especially that really rad kid that just came in for their very first piercing experience it's like one of my favorite things to be able to do is just yeah. sit down with them and like give them that awesome rad experience to like kick off whatever their life goes through like that's pretty much one of their first like scary moments where they're actually willingly letting a complete stranger hurt them mm-hmm. for no good reason it's not like going to get a <laughs> shot where you need it right and I think that's really cool that I get to do that. And that child's going to remember, they might not remember my name, but they're going to remember that day for the rest of their lives. That's really and cool. I, I wonder how many, that's awesome. I wonder how many little kids there are going to be in, you know, 15 or 20 years that want to become piercers because they had a really good experience with someone like you, you know, like that's just really cool knowing that we can affect people's lives, you know? And, and some of the things that I've, I've said before is like, you know, they're definitely not going to be, the only person that I pierce, but I might be the only person that ever pierces them, you know? So like yeah. I might, I might be this memory where they think like, Oh yeah, same thing. They might not remember my name, but it's like, Oh, the guy that did my piercings was so nice and, you know, made me feel so comfortable and, and whatever. And it's just really cool that you can kind of have that stamp on someone's life because it could totally go the other way. You know, if they go to the mall 
and get it done with a gun, you know, they might be really put off by it because they might have a really negative experience. Oh, for sure. And there's definitely times, unfortunately, that I've inadvertently given people bad experiences too. And like being a piercer, those things, at least for me, they like eat at my mental soul. I couldn't like, they make me emotionally and physically upset for long periods of time. I Mm -hmm. couldn't imagine that being my every day at work. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Well, I'd imagine you make more people happy than unhappy. Yeah, for sure. You can't win every single one, but the ones that you don't, they definitely stick with you longer. And I feel like that's the same thing when it comes to our job. Like if we give someone a bad experience intentionally, like that person's going to remember that forever. Yeah. I would much rather have them remember me in a good light than a bad light. And I have to hurt them. So that brings a whole nother level to them remembering me. What are some of the things? What are some of the things that you would think go into an accidentally bad situation? Like, do you think it's, uh, you know, the the piercing goes a little bit more rough than they hoped, or do you feel like it's more you're not on the same page customer service wise? Because I've definitely had situations where five minutes into the interaction, I'm like, oh yeah, this person's gonna not be happy when they walk out the door. Like, I can smell a one star Yelp review coming down the pipeline off off of this, you know, but. I feel like it's always some fluke thing. You know, I don't feel like I'm a jerk or a bad piercer. So it's just when those random things come up, you know, I try to really pay attention to when someone has a bad situation so that they, I don't have to repeat it. So I can make sure that the next person is going to have that triple A situation. Yeah. I, being in an industry where we deal with people's fears and, uh, quasi insecurities, you, you definitely over the years create like a an energy radar and most of the time when i do get a bad review or i realize that i've given someone a bad experience it's i'm completely oblivious to it because i would think that i just gave everybody the most amazing experience ever and then mm-hmm. somehow the way i interact with people just rubbed that one person a wrong way and it it ruins my day when it happens i, I just I always just want to go. I just, I'm, I'm just me. <laughs> that was just how I am all the time. I'm sorry. I don't. I, I, I mean, you don't seem like you're a, a harsh person or something. So, do you no. think it's just, you know, they, they just didn't click with you personality-wise? They were looking for someone yeah, maybe more clinical or maybe more, I, I don't know, whatever, whatever they're looking for, and you just, I guess, weren't it. Whatever they were looking for, I just couldn't be that person, and huh. that created a negative experience for them, and that's how I have to look at those times and yeah, it sucks. There's, there's some that I still remember from way back in the day that I didn't even know that I did (laughs) and they still scar you. I think that's a sign of, of a good piercer though. You know, you care enough that that stuff stays with you, you know, because you, you, you probably see it as a learning experience, you know, and even if it's not something that would be your fault, you know, quote unquote, but uh, you might know how to, handle a a different person in a different situation. You know, for me, I can totally remember that. I can totally pull stuff out of my memory and think like, oh, this is this. And it's different for me because it's like, I kind of know, you know, like somebody just had a really bad, a really bad time. And it was because I said the wrong thing or because, you know, maybe I was trying out a technique that I, I probably shouldn't have been trying out. And I was trying to do something with a tool or without a tool and it didn't go as smooth as the, as the client deserved it to, you know? So stuff like that, I, I totally remember it. But, uh, 
yeah, I guess when I get those reviews where it's like, I thought I nailed it, and then someone's like, nope, you totally didn't nail it. Those ones are totally baffling to me. Yeah, and they hurt. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have a very deep love-hate relationship with the, the Yelp type of mentality nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like, part of it's like, yeah, that's a really cool thing. And then the other part of me is just like, but there's no way for me to be able to like fix the situation or make it better or even yeah. just have a friendly conversation with a person. And even if it was my fault or one of my staff members' fault, I can't even just like be like, "Hey, I'm sorry." Right. Like, well, you that... know what? You know what I did once, and it's same kind of thing. I thought I nailed something, but it, it was like more than ten years ago. I was at a, a tattoo convention piercing, and somebody wanted this like, I I, I don't know. Did you ever? get tricked into doing those like spiral orbitals back in the day when, when those were kind of popular. Yeah. So like I did one and I thought it, I thought it came out really nice, you know, maybe not absolute perfect, but I thought it came out nice and uh, I was happy. The client seemed happy. They went on their way. And that was one of the first negative reviews I got online. And it was like, I don't like it. It doesn't look right on my ear. It's uncomfortable. Da da da. I paid this much money for it, and I, I don't even like it. So uh, I felt bad enough that I went through the paperwork. I found their email, and I wrote to them, and I was like, "I'm so sorry that you don't feel like you got, you know, the this the piercing that you really wanted. You know, what can I do to make it up to you? You know, can I take it out and do something else for you? Can I give you new something like that? You know, but it was like I need to make this right. You know, but now with Yelp, sometimes they're so anonymous that you don't even know, and somebody's just like. I got my nose pierced and I didn't like him or, you know, it cost too much or this or that. And then there's no interaction you can, you can make to, to turn it back around. So. Yeah. And yeah. it just like lives there forever. And right. It's like, ah, yeah. now I'm not going to sleep tonight because <laughs> of this. <laughs> the other thing that bugs me about like online review sites, very few people. And if you're listening to this and you're a client, um, Oh, excuse me. I just burped. Uh, take the time to go online and leave positive reviews if you have a good experience. You know, it, it seems like most of the people that use review sites only use it when they when something didn't go their way or when they had a bad experience. And that definitely has its value. It's great to let people know, like, you know, oh, maybe this place is not worth your money or something like that. But it, it, it does hurt someone like me when they're just like, oh, you know, the piercing came out good and it looks good, but... I don't feel like a piercing should cost a hundred dollars. So you get a one star review and like that stuff hurts, you know, but if you, if you feel like you had an awesome situation and you're like, Jim did a great job, pierced my ears. So awesome. I love it. I'm going to come back over and over again. Like leave those positive reviews because those like, I love those. I don't know how you feel about that, but I love it when someone takes their time to say like, thank you for what you did. It was, it was good. You know, that's fantastic. Those make my day. I love that. I, I prefer them in person with cookies, just to right. throw it out there. If I have any clients listening, yeah, I love cookies and nice, positive, like, hey, you did a good job. I love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nobody nobody dislikes cookies, uh, hopefully. No, anyway. yeah, cookies are amazing. And gift cards to the fly shops are always good, too. Yeah, well, <laughs> that, that seems like a pretty specific tip. I, I think I've gotten yep. some weirdly specific tips before, too. Like, I somebody gave me, like, Godzilla action figures once because I was, like, posting a bunch of Godzilla stuff on online. And it was like, oh, that's that's amazing. Thank you. But it's also on the flip side. It's like, maybe I'm putting too much of my personal life on social media. <laughs> <if> people know, <laughs> you know. I, I love that people pay attention to that stuff. I love when people, like, I had I had the same thing with you. And I wasn't super public about it either. I had my um, dog Frankie of 
he was a rescue dog that I had for seven years. He passed away last summer. And yeah. A few of my like close clients and obviously my close friends like picked up on it and knew like the little posts that I was posting and like they saw it and I was trying to just, yeah, not blast it all over social media, but the ones that actually pay attention and they like came in and they're like, Hey, how you doing? And that stuff was really cool. Yeah. I love it when people pay attention to my social media. Granted, I mean, I strive to just post happy things because I don't want to go through my social media and see negative things. So mm-hmm. I don't want to ruin someone else's day. Yeah. But it's nice when people actually like pay attention to it and know that you're into fishing. I don't know how many fly fishermen I've pierced just because they or their wives. Actually, I pierce more of their wives <laughs> than I do. But <laughs> like it, it's kind of fun to be able to just sit around and talk to the husband about fly fishing while I'm like piercing their wife. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. And you know, I, you know I what love- I really like is uh, I have I have a map. Uh, I have a framed map of Skyrim on my wall in the in the piercing area. And uh, I love it when people are like, oh, you play Skyrim blah, blah, or yeah. Fallout and we'll just talk about video games. And I love that because it's like it's like I'm a, like a like an oyster, just like the shells opening. And it's like, now let's let's talk about fun stuff while I pierce you. And instead of me just being like, all right, now just breathe. I'm going to blah, blah, blah. You know, it's cool having that that personal connection sometimes. I always strive to not talk about myself one piercing. Because it's about their experience at the time, not mine. So I don't sit there and like rant and rave about this cool fly I tied or how my dog was super cute this morning and didn't want to get out. I don't talk about that stuff with clients. I try to get them to talk about their day. Mm -hmm. But when they get to the point that they know me a little bit and then we get to just start talking about those things, it's really fun and engaging and awesome. Yeah. It's it's cool learning stuff about your regulars because then when they come in the next time and you remember something, they love that. They're like they're beaming when you're like, oh, hey. You went to that concert, right? How was that? And they're like, oh, you you remember? That's awesome. Anybody that's close to me knows that I don't remember anything outside of a day. So clients are always super stoked when I just remember something mm-hmm. randomly. They just get, like, my regulars just get super stoked if I actually remember something. Yeah. <laughs> Although you can have like the flip the older... side of the coin where you run into someone at, like, the mall or a restaurant, and they're like, hey, how's it going? And you're like, uh... And they're like, you pierced my so-and-so. And I'm like, uh... Cool, how is it? You know, like, in complete blank. Yeah, where you kind of get blindsided. I don't mind the blindsidedness sometimes, but there are times where I'm just trying to, like, be the normal person going shopping quick type of thing, and then you get into a 10-minute conversation. I'm like, hey, how you doing? And you pierced me. And I'm like, hey, cool. I'm doing good today. Have a good day. But there's times where you get like cornered. <laughs> I never, I never, I never really let people corner me. Like if I'm, if I'm out in public or if I'm doing something personal, I'll totally, I, I still love it when people are like, Hey, you know, you did my, my cutting or you did my piercing. And I'm like, cool. Can I see it? Awesome. Have a good night. And then that's it, you know, but, it, but then if they try to interject with like, I was thinking about getting this other thing, how much would this cost? And I'll be like, you know what? Email me. I'm not at work right now. Go have fun. I'm going to go have fun. Have a good day. The one nice thing about the, my clients and my staff in general is they all know I don't know prices. So yeah. I've like got that. Like my staff knows that I just do what they tell me to. <laughs> I always laugh about it. Yeah. <laughs> you're the you're the cook. You're not the waiter. Yeah, I I suck at the price stuff. And yeah. The the staff is so much better at it that it takes me. 20 minutes to look through one of our price books to find how much a Neo post is. Mm-hmm. And I, when I could just look at them and ask <laughs> and they instantly know. Right. So I try to avoid prices because my brain, my hard drive is full. 
I yeah. have enough stuff in my brain that it, anything else that gets squeezed in there is permanently logged. So <laughs> I try to limit what gets permanently squeezed into it. <laughs> so every time you remember a new price, you always forget like a, a fish name or something. Yeah, just something that I actually probably wanted to remember. And right. now I'm stuck remembering Neoposar X amount of dollars. <laughs> See, some of that stuff is like burned into my mind, though. Like the the really the really simple prices, you know, neo metal and stuff like that. I, no problem. I could I could say that in my sleep. But then if it's like, uh, oh, how much for this body vision thing with this stone? It's like, you know what? I have absolutely no idea. So you know what? Email me about it. Here's a card. I, I'm good at like fixed speed rings. I know the price of those really well. But yeah. if you want like a Vaughn from an anime, I have no clue. I <laughs> I think they're I don't know. Yeah. They're more yeah. than this one. Let me go ask my staff. Right. I love having a chance to sell stuff because I don't get much of a chance anymore. But I always need the staff there to like back me up and make sure that I say the right prices. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you don't want to get you don't want to get yelled at by the important people. Because no. there's uh, there's times where I'm like, this will look amazing in you. Let's go put it in you. And then we go back out there and it's like seven hundred dollars. I'm like, fuck. I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But it's cool. Let's figure this out. <laughs> So uh, probably one last thing we can we can chat about before I'll, I'll cut you loose is uh, video games. So you were you were talking earlier that you just got Sea of Thieves. Yeah, I'm so excited. Have you have you like are you like installing it while we talk or something? And you're just like frothing at the mouth to play it. I'm a bigger geek than that. I like pre-ordered it like a month ago and have been driving my girlfriend nuts with watching YouTube videos on Sea of Thieves for the past month. Yeah. So she's pretty excited that I'll stop talking about at least the YouTube videos of it. Right. But yeah, as soon as we're done here, that's what I'm going to do until I have to go cover my um, uh, other piercer while he recovers. So it, that is, that's an <laughs> Xbox exclusive, right? Yeah, it's Xbox and PC. I guess there's cross platform play mm -hmm. like we can play with each other and i'm really excited about that because one of my counter staff is like a pc elitist yeah and that's totally okay but now we actually have a game that we can play together where i won't just die constantly well i probably still will but i'll have a fair chance in it see i so, i'm I'm, uh, I'm a ps4 gamer which is a bummer yeah. because i've been seeing all these videos on ign about that game and it just looks so fun and i can't play it but you can get it on PC if you have a PC that'll run it, and it's I doubt it, I supposedly do. it's really soft on PC requirements too. Yeah. Because, well, it has to run on the original Xbox or the original Xbox One. Mm -hmm. So the the graphics cards for PCs, like it goes back pretty far. Like my laptop, if it wasn't a Mac, could run it. Really? No problem. Yeah. Maybe I'll look at it because you know you're you're not the first piercer who's actually said that to me. You know, uh, I play a lot of well played a lot of Destiny online with uh, Jeff Saunders and, and Aaron Pollock, and now I think Aaron is on like a gaming rig for for PC and uh, uh, some Canadian friends are trying to like lure me back into PC gaming, but I don't know. I, I think I'm gonna <laughs> probably stick with my PS4 and and not suck up any of my the little bits of free time that I have, I have to at least find some time to watch some wrestling. Right. Uh, right now I need to, I keep wanting to get the new Xbox one X and I'm like, God, for that money, I could like go get some new waders for fly fishing, which would definitely be more suited to what I normally do. But I really want the shiny new Xbox. <laughs> Are you going to get like a, a VR headset and get like a virtual fly fishing so that you never really have to leave your couch again? No, because the part that I really like about fly fishing is not the, actually the catching of the fish. It's that my phone doesn't work and I'm out in the middle of nowhere. So right. it's just like time. 
<laughs> that's the time that I get to recharge my batteries. Yeah. Whether I'm out there with my girlfriend, my friends, my dog, just out there by myself. Oh, God, over the winter I was out by myself and I was following Cougar Trail that I shouldn't have been following and then fell off a cliff and broke my rod and I was out there by myself. And I was like, huh, this was a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> what was her name? Boom. That's a terrible Cougar right? joke. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, uh, can you think of anything else that you want to chat about? I just really wanted to say that I think it's awesome that you're doing this. I feel as though someone needed to step in and do this for a really long time, and it's really nice that this is coming out and it's out there, and you're doing an amazing job at it. So please keep doing it. Well, okay. Twist my arm, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I definitely want to do it. It's just sometimes it's tough because um, – you know, like you, you just kind of reached out and sent that quick message on Facebook and you're like, Hey, I like your show. So I was like, Oh, cool. Cool. Let, let me do an interview with you. But you know, if I don't have like a lot of people that, that have time, you know, cause like that whole piercer schedule thing, it's, it's really tough to like, just sit down and, and talk with somebody. It seems like they're always working, working, working or dealing with their family stuff or like having dinner at 10 o'clock at night. And you know, nobody's really got time for like an hour long Skype call, but I totally love it. You know, like I don't want to stop doing it. Um, but I also do want to make sure that I, I have some, some Ryan time, but, uh, it's super fun. I really, really do enjoy doing the show. And for someone like you to say that you're, you're enjoying listening to it, you know, it, it means the world. So you, thank you for listening to like the, the babble that I put out there. I listen to him on my way out to the woods every week. Cool. So between you and, uh, Will, I think he's the one that does it. Like, I love both of your guys. It's nice. Yeah. And it's really nice that you guys are both doing it. So you get like different perspectives. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's good. It's just like a cool little thing for people to be able to listen to. There's so much misinformation out in the media world of when it comes to piercing. It's nice that there's like real places that people, whether they're in the industry or not, that they can go and hear something and just, even if it's just two people talking for a while about piercing, that's just awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I like it, you know, because that's really all I think about you know it's not it's not a negative now in my life you know now I look at it as a positive of like you know I'm trying to you know help other people get where they want to be or I'm trying to share information and all that stuff for a long time I was on the opposite side of that where I was trying to get where I wanted to be and thinking about piercing all day and all night maybe wasn't the healthiest thing for me with my personal life you know but now mm -hmm. it's at a point where yeah if there's if there's somebody else who's been piercing for a while or or even if they haven't been piercing for a while I just love to talk about this job you know it's 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 you know it's really become my life more than a career Yeah I totally agree Cool so, Well thank uh, you for doing it. Well thank you for for being part of it Uh when I come out to Oregon for that class whenever it gets scheduled uh, we'll definitely have to hang out and maybe do another episode I would love that. Maybe we can do it on Riverside or something and just have some good quiet time. That would sound very Oregon-ish. That sounds like yep. a good idea. <laughs> cool. All right. I hope you have a great day, and I look forward to hearing more of you. Cool. Well, you will soon. Thanks for talking right. to me, Jim. Bye, Ryan. Bye. Thanks for talking to me, Jim. Always appreciate it. I know how uh, busy Piercer's schedules can get. Uh, later today, I'm going to uh, a wrestling show in Worcester, Massachusetts. I'm going to see Women's Wrestling Revolution. That'll be pretty cool. Um, on Friday, I'm going to be heading out to the UK 
for some wrestling shows. So I need to get the next uh, probably two episodes of the show done before I leave so I can get those scheduled and online for everybody so you don't have to go a week without listening to me babble about stuff. After the UK, uh, I'm going straight to New Orleans for WrestleMania, so that'll be pretty cool. And uh, I need to make my my weekly plugs for, for my classes. So I've got... Sunday, April 29th in Boston, I'll be doing a seminar on uh, piercing needle bevel theory. Then uh, Sunday, May 20th, I'll be doing my full day uh, freehand seminar at Old Traditions in the Chicago, Illinois area. And then June 4th, uh, Monday, June 4th, I'll be doing a class at Blue Star Tattoo in Concord, California. That's just outside of San Francisco. Again, I'll be doing my uh, full day freehand seminar class. Um, all the information is online at www.precisionbodyarts.com slash seminars. Uh, you can find out the registration fee, the registration requirements. Um, send me an email and sign up for the class. It's going really good. I'm getting a really strong uh, response for uh, San Francisco especially, and, and Chicago is filling up pretty nice. Uh, Boston, uh, not a ton of people. You know, it's a shorter class. You know, I understand that some people might not want to come out, but it's really going to be the most important part of my, my freehand theory. Uh, piercing needle bevel theory is really, really important. If you don't understand bevel theory, um, you're not really going to be able to uh, apply a good freehand technique. So I would, um, you know, really try to emphasize to people to try to come out to that class. If you're anywhere in the New England area, uh, it's going to be a, a, a kind of a lower price class uh, to reflect that it's going to be kind of a shorter class. I also give discounts for APP members and anyone who has taken one of my seminars before. So um, go ahead and check it out at the Boston Tattoo Convention, Sunday, April 29th. Um, you can find more information on the Boston Tattoo Convention website as well as my website. Other classes coming up down the down the line, you know, we've already talked about Portland. Uh, I'm going to try to work on one for Los Angeles, and then I might even try to, to work out a couple in other countries. I definitely want to get one in the UK at least. And uh, I'm always looking for other shops uh, in different parts around the U.S. So if you have a, a studio or if you have maybe a group of piercers who are interested in, in taking a class, uh, feel free to shoot me a message. You can email me at ryanpba at, at uh, gmail.com. I almost said hotmail.com. I've still got a Hotmail account. Uh, it's not quite as bad as like having like a at Juno or Netscape or, or AOL account, but you know, I've got Hotmail. I'm not ashamed of it. That's the one I use for my piercing business. And then most of the stuff for uh, classes and, and other things, I, I've been using my, my Gmail account lately. But go ahead, reach out, touch me, take a class, all that good stuff. Uh, thanks for listening to the show. I am going to head out and uh, watch some ladies wrestle, and I will be back next week with another episode for you. Thanks. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved. 